0: Hi guys, welcome to the Art of Acquisitions podcast. Here we discuss how you can create cash flow and grow your wealth with acquisitions. We have a great guest lineup, including Craig. Craig bought two businesses with 10 million in sales, no money down. And Alan, Alan has led multiple deals ranging in value from 1 million to 9 billion. Yes, that was right, 1 million to 9 billion. Art of Acquisitions, simply the fastest strategy to create cash flow and grow your wealth. Welcome again, everyone. Today, we have uh, we've had the privilege and pleasure of having my first ever mentor on the show today. And his name is Jay Abraham. doesn't need an introduction, but um, very quickly, uh, Jay has, uh, you know, is the world's preeminent business expert and marketing legend. He's uh, consulted for some of the, the world's largest companies, entrepreneurs, and generated financial growth in excess of... 21.7 billion dollars. Now that's a lot of change, Jay. And welcome to the show. Uh, and thank you so much for taking, you. taking your time. No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Absolutely fantastic. So I was I was hoping if I could start off with a story, because you know, stories are wonderful things. And this story just happens to be my story of how I met you and how you impacted me and created the foundation of where we went from. From, and uh, it was way back in 1996, and um, we came on a two-day course. My wife was pregnant. We didn't have a lot of money, and uh, the last thing she wanted me to do <laughs> was to spend £6,000 going to see some American she's never heard of in London. But we did it anyway. There was, you know, there's some, sometimes you've got that, that, that kind of feeling inside, if I don't do this, what is going to be the consequences? You know, and we, that was one of those moments. It was a kind of um, big insight for us. And so we we took the risk, went down there. And within two years, we came back, obviously, we, had a, we drove back, uh, you know, overnight, never slept because our, our heads are buzzing, my brother and I, of uh, all the ideas that we went through. And and we just thought, even if we could only take 10% away and actually implement, what a difference is going to be. And so for the next two years, we implemented one strategy, just one. And we grew the business to an extent. This is a very small business, uh, 700 square foot. It was a gaming center. So slot machines, 36 slot machines, 700 square foot. But through lumpy mail, in, fa- in fact, the average age of the customer group, 46-year-old female shopper. And we used your okay. direct mail techniques and the language and copy and uh, you know, even on the envelopes, we did what you you said to do, and we direct mailed them over a year and a half, and we sold that business within two years for a six hundred thousand pound profit. So this wow. the, 600, the six hundred the six thousand pound fee we turned into six hundred thousand pounds because of what we learned over two days, just two days with direct mail, lumpy mail, how to uh, do copy, write copy, and we've never. Before that, we never knew anything about copy. And what we knew about copy was learned on those two days, which is incredible. So firstly, thank
1: you, because- You're uh, oh, really, really welcome. That's a wonderful story. I'm thrilled, thrilled to hear it, Dan. That's very gratifying. Thank you for that. That was, uh, it was,
0: you know, thank you. It was an incredible time, and that really set us up. Uh, give us a foundation. After we sold that, we had some capital to then grow through acquisition going forward. And, um, and understanding your marketing principles don't just relate to, you know, direct mail. They relate to leveraging, optimizing, sweating the asset for whatever it may be. And uh, and I thought it was very appropriate. And I, um, you know, if we had a chat around, if we just completed another acquisition, we're actually working on one just now. It's a care group, uh, nursing homes, and um, assuming we buy that soon you know, what would your advice be? Imagine if you're a non-executive director on the board and you're saying, Dan, well done, you've done the deal, now let's implement the 100-day plan. What would be your uh, leading insight or low-hanging fruit to create the biggest leverage uh, in a short space of time in that 100 days kind of thing?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there's many questions. I mean, assuming Different variables, Dan. If it's not filled, then the first focus would be where can you source, uh, you know, new new residents, and what's the average duration? If they come in at age sixty-eight and they stay till you know death, and death is seventy-eight, and it's ten years, you might want to incentivize all kinds of influencers to you know to route people to you and give them you know uh, the first three, six months' worth of revenue because you're going to get the next 10 years' worth. If you've already filled, then you might say, what other services that are high profit but beneficial to your uh, residents can you offer that uh, either they themselves or the government, whoever pays for them, can do? If, uh, If you're filled and you've offered all the services and you're just one facility but you're producing revenue and successes at a level that is much higher than your industry average, I would say, can you take your methodology, your systems, your procedures, and either license, sell, train, partner with other less performing ones, but those are three areas that you could do right away.
0: Yes. And as I suppose, look at ones that are full, that have a waiting list, and do a kind of yeah. quid pro quo for those to perhaps divert some of their overflow into ours. Uh, with something. Yeah,
1: it's a great idea. You could even temporarily, you could say, I'll tell you what, you can move them in if you want any time, but we'll take them until and split revenue. You could do any of those. That's very astute. I agree. Yeah. It's all based on thinking in a nonlinear way, not thinking the same way that traditional conventional people in the industry would normally look at it. They would only look static. You're looking at all the ways to help everybody optimize the opportunity and also serve better. Very good idea.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. And uh, in terms of, um, you know, advertising for this service or any kind of business, what what has been your kind of top go-to strategies? Um, If you're consulting in a company and they want to grow, uh, what would be your top? kind of go-to strategies for leveraging you know old school um you know direct mail and new school kind of social media kind of
1: stuff is there yeah well I I mean yeah well the key is this in a very competitive world what does it take pardon me what does it take to get the um the qualitative interest of the target market and get them to start a buying relationship and a buying relationship can mean many things depending on, i mean it's too generalized but it you know what's the most compelling way that you can really get their qualitative attention in a way that they want to start a meaningful relationship because whatever it is you're offering it can be anything from no-cost information to a an entry-level experience or product service or a trial or the full-blown one, but what's it going to take to make it irresistible for them to start a, a meaningful relationship? That's always the first question. When you get that answer, then you have to see how many ways you can convey it in terms of media, in terms of message in terms of proposition and which ones produce not just the most respondents but if you're a long-term provider of stuff or you have a lot of upgrades or are or repetitive or additive then you got to make sure that whatever mechanism you start with has the highest probability of converting or evolving to the maximum profitability lifetime value etc but i mean the first thing is what does it take to gain uh, their desired desirable attention what can you offer to get them so interested in starting a meaning and and the, and the answer is i mean the, the operative word is meaningful relationship anybody can hit a, it can hit a button to register, anybody can hit a button to you know to get a download. Anybody can you know do something gratis. But if you're paying or gratis, what's it take for them to take the interchange, the the, it, it, the uh, you know the connection with you serious enough that they're going to really pay attention, and it's going to offer meaning enough that they're going to want to either continue to upgrade, to convert, to pay, whatever you're trying to do. And there's too many product service offers that I can just generalize, but that's really the first thing I always try to do. And then I always try to shortcut the process, Dan, and I say, who who else already has direct, trusted, credible access to the same buying influence, the same decision maker, the same target audience, the same market you want to reach, and is willing to make that access, that credibility, that that uh, connection available to you on some basis, profit sharing, uh, reciprocal uh, value added to their audience, any combination. When you find organizations, individuals, influencers, platforms, associations that have your audience and you can partner with them, It's much more powerful, much more profitable, much more uh, uh, successful than trying to do it yourself in the cold market. And those meaningful relationships, if you want to
0: shortcut that, you know, the process uh, for the people that already have that connection, have that trust, have that relationship with your, you know, perfect avatar, perfect customer. Um what has been your of you know, your best strategy for for creating that? Is it you know a share swap or is it just a, a percentage yeah, of? I
1: mean it, well, it, yeah, it depends again, there's not a generality. I mean you're, and not to be difficult, but you're asking for a general answer, and I can't do that. but I mean uh, if it's if you're selling directly the end product or service, then it is. It's either giving somebody, if it's a one-time purchase giving somebody a very generous share, because incrementally, it's all newfound. If it's a long-term repetitive purchase, sometimes I give the partner all of the first sale or the first few sales. If it's uh, uh, a low-priced initial purchase, sometimes I will give the partner many times that, but I will pay them uh, out at 50% of whatever the you know the profit each month that comes in. Sometimes I may have something that that partner wants and we'll do either a full or a modified exchange. Full means we just trade for the same thing to each other. Modified means depending on who's got more value, maybe one side gets money plus a, a reciprocal. There's not one size fits all, but there's many different combinations that you can achieve to get uh, to get the job done. But the most important point, Dan, is if someone's got access to the same audience you want, and that access is very high trust-based, and you can convince that someone that your product service company produces record, you know, uh, d- delivers a value to their audience that is worth them putting the full force of their credibility Behind. Yeah, and then it just, it's just a matter of figuring out what does it take incentive-wise to satisfy them enough to want to do
0: it? Yeah, so that, that, that's a low-hanging fruit. Who has my customer? Who has my customer's trust? The relationship, the bond is already there um, and has that database. And what do we need I to, agree. What do we need to do to get them in? And even if you have to give them 100% of the first transaction, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your lifetime valley is long enough, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter at all. It does not matter at all because if you're playing a long game and all your competitors are playing a short, you have great advantage. Particularly if you understand that every time you get ten new first-time buyers, you get eight second-time buyers, and you get six third-time buyers, and you get you know six fourth-time buyers, and you get five fifth-time buyers, and you get a number that upgrade and all that is newfound and windfall and you don't have to pay for that. Yeah. And you've never paid for the, the actual, the customer attraction or the because yeah, you don't waste money on advertising or, yeah. uh, or sales commissions that are not, that are not, uh, our sales salaries that are not predictable. Yeah. It's very, it's very powerful when you understand it. Yeah. what I a- you know, looking back over the years, you've helped many big companies,
0: medium companies, solopreneurs, the, the whole range, the whole spectrum. And what comes to mind as the one where you've got significant growth, the most growth in the least amount of time? What industry was that, and how did you do it?
1: Mm, geez, I've done so many, Dan. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that probably... Yeah, probably the, uh, the biggest single success category we ever did was the financial newsletters. We found out that financial newsletters weren't that profitable, but that their subscribers were very valuable, and I was able to do endorsed partnerships with them for gold brokerage firms, stock uh, market sellers, uh rare coin dealers collectibles dealers and we were able to make billions of dollars from tapping into a lot of small newsletters that had very significant subscribers but the newsletters weren't that significant in what they represented but the audience they had was that was we did billions of dollars very quickly that that was pretty interesting probably and the risk to my clients was zero because it was all performance based yeah, so that was basically he had the asset of the database
0: of the trust, the connection, and you brought in almost like affiliates at the back end kind of thing. And
1: yeah, got- it, was very, it was very easy to do, and we we uh, did it throughout the industry. At one time, I think we had thirty newsletters that we were partnering with, and one company that I I helped. Literally grew from 300,000 to 500 million in one year, and and that's the exact way we did it. Uh, one company made 30 million dollars their first year doing it, so some pretty significant achievements from doing that. I mean, I've had a, a number of of really wonderful success stories, but you know, if you talk about rapid, easy, yeah. quite you know, quite impressive, that might be the biggest one.
0: What was that number? Three hundred thousand to did you say
1: in the in the millions? Three hundred thousand to five hundred million. Five million? 500, 500 million, a half billion dollars in <laughs> in about a year. It was pretty amazing. Wow! Now that is said uh... wow too, but it was pretty it was pretty wonderful, and uh, you know it was a unique set of of opportunities, a perfect positive storm, but it worked very well for my client. Yeah, and that
0: asset, obviously, doing 300000 a year was just a database, I take it, and a relationship, yeah?
1: And they were very, very, uh, they were uh, um, provincial and, con- and they were very uh, uh, traditional. They just ran ads originally in, news- in newspapers and financial publications, the way all their competitors did, and they were not at all distinctive amongst their competitors, and I was able to take them into worlds that, they gained stature, they gained uh, prominence, they gained uh, lots of of credibility through the endorsements and it transformed everything. Yeah. So you're you're basically taking a small
0: company, using the trust, the relationship, bringing in bigger companies to compound the, you know, not only sales, obviously break even at the front end, I would imagine. And then they've got the lifetime value out of the thing.
1: Yeah. What people don't realize is that, Oftentimes a smaller business can have a great relationship with uh, clientele, buyers, patients, uh, donors, whatever it is, advertisers, readers, uh, members who have the capacity to be very much more lucrative than that little business would seem. And what you really want is not you know, that you you want access to the relationship they have with their audiences, because that's the real asset. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's uh, an incredible point. It's one transaction we're working on. It's very, very similar. They've raised, it's basically a database and a relationship. And they've, they've raised a lot of money from their customers investing into various things by promoting other providers. And, um, you know we're working on that to acquire that just now and it looks uh but I mean, it's a very very small business but it you know really could bolt into what we do ourselves very very well so we're we're trying to get that one over the line um but it sounds
1: quite similar to that <laughs> um but, yeah that's good and and there's a, there's an infinite number today of opportunities like that you just have to be able to see and then seize them and you have to recognize that in order to get anyone to do something with you that that anyone has to first believe in the value that your company product service provides to their audience and they have to feel that you're qualitative, ethical, reliable, uh, and that what you're doing is better in whatever a form, whether it's price, whether it's performance, whether it's package, value, than what the competition is willing to do. And then you have to give them a way to extend to their audience a preferential advantage, because if all you do is say, introduce me to your audience, but let's not give your audience any advantage, then then, then the endorser, the person that has the relationship, has no real reason to go to their audience other than just saying, this is a good guy. If you're willing to go to somebody that has influence uh, over a market you want, an audience you want, and you're also willing to to extend for and to them a preferential uh, offering that is better for their market than the market gets from other uh, alternatives, then you have great advantage. So you have to think about not just making money, but making a better offer as well absolutely
0: and so that um that obviously the financial newsletter sounds like an incredible story 300,000 to 500 million what what is the second one that comes to mind that was really you know a, a big jump in a very short space of time a uh, different kind of
1: business oh, oh, i don't know we grew icy hot from $20,000 to 500,000 repeat buyers in 15 months. We grew Entrepreneur Magazine 900% in less than three quarters of a year. So, I mean, I got lots of them. I mean, we grew a company in China, a candy company from number nine to number one in two years, and they sold half, uh, they couldn't sell half, 49% to Hershey's for half a, a billion dollars. I mean, just lots of people, you know, I've done experts. I've done about every kind of industry you can contemplate or, or, or recognize and a lot in between, a lot you wouldn't recognize or contemplate. So, I mean, it's just, I've done a thousand industries, Dan. So there's not even one that sort of comes to mind. We've just been, I've been very blessed we had a pretty celebrated uh, amount of of uh, not just achievements but adventures and experiences over. I've been doing it 40 plus years, so I got a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of case studies that are are uh, stored in my brain.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a thousand industries. That's that's uh, that's an incredible stat that not many people most. Uh, so congrats on that. And, um, and what about for, for now and the future, Jay? What's your big focus right now going forward for the future?
1: Yeah. So 90% of my time today is very squarely focused on finding decent-sized businesses that are underperforming their potential, that are already successful, but are what I would call successfully stuck, and that means they're underperforming many facets of what they could. They're not getting all the buyers they should. They're not selling them uh, the fullest amount of of product services they should for the you know the longest period or the most combinations. They're not. Getting fullest performance out of their marketing, their advertising, their salespeople, their distributors, their franchisees. Uh, they're not getting um, they're not getting um, uh, the full use of their brand or their distribution. And what we do is we get a one-time fee and then we get profit participation for the next three to five years in exchange for guiding them and focusing on each one of the uh, underperforming areas and we get paid a share of the increased profit that we're able to add to as many areas of the business for some we get equity Uh, and uh, it's been pretty lucrative and we've helped a lot of people but yeah, I mean, if the company's big enough, then they're really good target. If they're not big enough and don't have enough resources, or if they aren't already profitable and successful, but it's very very easy to be successfully stuck and be making pretty good money, but think you're 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 uh, you know, you're, you're just very very happy with it when in fact you're accepting a fraction of a fraction of the yeah. profitability, the performance, the revenue, the success. The business could be, and when you say
0: decent-sized businesses that are number one underperforming, number two they're already successful, and there's some way you can optimize leverage with your knowledge, their brand, their income, their cross-selling, their whatever. What do you mean by decent size? Is that a million profit or five million profit, five hundred thousand?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's making profit of a real seven figures or eight. And it's solid and it's in a field that's, you know, not just promotion based. It's a real business that has, uh, that has endurability, meaning it's not going to be, it's not just a bunch of promotions. Then, and, you know, I'm intrigued with it and it doesn't matter where in the world they they exist. We do it all. I mean, I've got clients in Taiwan, Japan, uh, France. Uh, uh, I think I just, Picked up one in Brazil. Uh, uh, we've got a deal in Amsterdam, and I've got a bunch of them here. Yeah,
0: fantastic. So minimum seven-figure profits, an ability to optimize leverage in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you come in, you help them. You're a non, Maybe you are, maybe you're not a non-executive director, but a fee up front plus a profit participation uh, going forward, and in the, in the kind of upside. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. and who does, you know, if somebody was interested in that, like for myself, for example, who would they talk to? Would they talk to Brian or? Um,
1: no, no, if you're really, if you're really serious and you can afford uh, working with me, and there is a first, there's a one-time fee, but you would contact me directly. You'd go to my office, uh, you'd call, you, would, you, you wouldn't call. You could just send an email to J A Y at abraham.com and just say, I want to explore a profit partnership. You or anybody else that's qualified, I will, or my assistant will, you know, will, um, you know, get the details. And as long as we think there's merit, then I'll personally talk to them and I'll negotiate with them. And if it's a good deal, then we can both win. We're looking for situations where I can add millions of millions of dollars over the relationship and profit increases that I can share in. And my deals are always more favorable to the other side, but they're, you know, they're not, they're not unfavorable to me, but the, you know, the client company, the profit partner always makes out much better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for those. I do. I don't, I used to do a lot. When you met me, I did programs every month, everywhere in the world. And now. I rarely do information stuff. I do things like you, why you, you interacted with me, but Roland is a friend and he and I are working on a book together. So I do things like that just out of friendship. I don't do much training or much seminars or information anymore. I just do real businesses. Yeah, you you do deals. And and
0: do you mind saying what the one-time fee is or is that a conversation on a one-to-one basis?
1: It, no, it's negotiated. It's between one hundred and fifty and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars one time, and it's uh, it's recouped out of the profit before I get profit payments. So it's a one time fee against, not plus profits that are negotiated. Everything's negotiated. Number two is it's only for profits that I produce, and then number three, it is after the the fee is recouped, and we are very generous in. We get we only get paid when a client gets profits above and beyond what they would have gotten on their own. It can be clearly identified, and they get to recoup everything: hard costs, uh, you know, sales commission, credit card discounts, and if there's enough justification, we even give them an uh, an extra fee that covers what's called GNA, which is general administration. If they're going to grow. They might have to add more people or more support or more customer services. But we're looking for long-term relationships that are significant upside potential and also that that are stimulating. We feel very proud to help grow because they provide uh, a worthy service or or product and they're making a meaningful contribution difference benefit to their audience. But yeah, anybody, yourself included, I'm delighted to Explore it, and if it's something that, uh, if there were, for a match, it can normally be very, very uh, lucrative. And if we're not, I, I got more to lose than the other side because uh, we charge a lot even for a day, so it's not, it's we, we don't want to risk our opportunity costs, nor do we want to risk somebody else's if we don't think there's enough uh, upside merit in a relationship.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds uh, fantastic. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people in the art of acquisitions land, uh, that's music to their ears. Um, because when you're doing a kind of transaction that we kind of focus on, you know, it's it's at least a million pound profit. What we're focusing on buying, um,
1: like, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, do you have subscribers all over? Um, well, we've, we've got a couple, we've got a few. We're hoping
0: to grow. We've had 20 episodes, and this is just something I started. Too long thing for fun just to you
1: know. that's great that's good yeah if you if you have people that are watching listening however it's disseminated that are appropriate i would be thrilled to explore with them the possibility of a relationship you know and but please as a courtesy one of the things that that happens is people that are not yet ready uh or or are justifiable uh, to do it want to do it and i i commend that and it's very noble but i don't really i can't work with people that don't have the the foundations in place but at the same point if anybody does i'm thrilled to explore it with them so that's great yeah no that's fantastic The
0: the one that looks most likely just now is about two and a half million pounds profit uh it's a yeah. great, great Business and, and look, you know, we're trying to buy that and then bolt another one on that's doing about two million
1: profit as well. Uh, so it's kind great. Of a, and so, what is just curiously, what is your main business today? Yeah, uh, commercial real estate. So when we buy businesses,
0: we focus on acquisitions of businesses that own their commercial real estate with a view of you know separating and in creating creating long term. Well, that's really smart.
1: How interesting. And do you have you made a lot of acquisitions? I uh, have 40 44. Wow, that is really impressive. Are they, uh, are they all domiciled in the two countries? Or are they all over?
0: Yes, yeah, in the UK. So we um, we've got a kind of commercial portfolio for the, I don't know, the family China. Put the, you know, put the wine on the table kind of thing, and that's all.
1: Yeah, I that's so cool.
0: <laughs> that's all done. So we're now looking to create another roll-up. And looking for a couple of people to help us optimize after we've done it. Um, you know, like a, somebody to help, but a, a non-exec direct to help raise the money, um, which is principally from our investor club. We've got a private investor club that invests in the commercial real estate, where, you know, we're trying to basically split the two, put the commercial over here in a REIT real estate investment trust, and then have the businesses over here almost for free, not quite. But almost for free.
1: Uh, I get it. I think that's very clever. I love that. They're very cool, man. Very cool.
0: Yeah. So, Jay, it's been an absolute pleasure. I won't keep you any longer. I've, I've really, I've absolutely loved this. It's, uh, it's, it's been a goal of mine to have a chat with you again and tell you about the story from 1996.
1: Which, oh yeah, uh, it's very gratifying. You seem like a very quality man trying to do interesting things. So, good luck and congratulations, and thank you.
0: Jay, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Ladies and gents, Jay Abraham, an absolute privilege and a pleasure uh, to have him on the Art of Acquisitions. Hope you enjoyed this one.